principle is a natural law. It is universal. It is objective. It is timeless. That means it's always at work, and it doesn't need any human validation to work in a specific way. It works irrespective of our knowledge or not, and it keeps working the same way. And that's how we. So since childhood, I've always been uh, very curious and uh, interested to understand principles. And at a personal level, I meditate. I'm also a healer, so there are a lot of things I do which is more principle-based. So people are, you know, they find it easier to accept the power of a Wi-Fi than accept the power of, let's say, meditation or prayers, unless they see the results. So it's endless. Principle-based statement on goal achievement. People don't fail. in achieving goals people fail in taking actions welcome back to your favorite channel inspire someone today and wishing all the listeners a very happy new year here we are at the dawn of 2022 and with me today is someone who specializes in principles based approach to solve life's challenges an executive coach keynote speaker and a community activator who has a pedigree of enabling more than 10000 leaders covering over 500 organizations across 18 countries coach krishnan joins me for this first episode of 2022 welcome to inspire someone today coach thank you thank you shrikan finally an opportunity to host you what an honor Thank you. It's equally an honor for me. On that auspicious note, for 2022, we'll start off with what you have been pretty famous for, which is uh, being an executive coach. What is coaching, and who is it for? Let's start off with that. Thank you, Srikanth. I mean, uh, you can find many definitions of what coaching is. Different people have, you know, their own definitions. But I think, in a very simple way, coaching is all about having a conversation that. expands people's thinking and uh, what i learned about coaching i shared somewhere else also is it's not about giving a man a fish or not even teaching about how to fish it's uh, having a conversation on fishing where it's possible that as a coach i end up learning more from the coachee so it's called coaching conversations coaching conversations and who should have coaching conversation is it everybody or is it only people in the professional world who should have coaching conversations everybody even even including me so i also learn a lot because uh, all, all of us can learn from each other so i believe it anyone can have that and age is no bar at any age you can have a coaching conversation my youngest coachee uh, professionally has been a 12 year old boy oh wow so age is no barrier profession is no barrier anybody can get coached y- yes i have coaching conversations even with 4 and 5 year old kids that's interesting and your own journey started from owning your own business to being a facilitator to now a world class coach how did it all unfold what did your coach tell you <laughs> i don't really think because it goes long back but i can share that when i started my it company and i was not sure how to run a company and when i asked somebody how do you run an organization he said hire people who are better than you and listen to them so i learned that one of the things as a coach is be a good listener and i'm still practicing that i can't claim i'm an expert i'm still a work in progress like anyone so there's a lot of things i have learned from my coaches but i think empathy is one of them being altruistic is another one 
being a listener and uh, being non-judgmental. There are so many characteristics that a coach requires. Okay. And any key insights in your own journey of uh, being a coach? What really kind of stood out for you? Uh, what stood out for me was to know that people are so intelligent and they can think much beyond what I can think. So one of the things I learned from uh, my coach is uh, treat everyone like Einstein, which basically means the person I'm coaching, I have to imagine is more intelligent than me. So no advices. That's interesting. So you kind of go within mindset saying that the other person knows it and you are only facilitating that conversation. Th that's how I start. But sometimes, <laughs> you know, my, my own knowledge kicks in and I, I feel compelled sometimes to give an advice. I, I just have to hold myself back. You extend beyond the realm of just the seven habits, right? You have facilitated, you've had opportunities to kind of work with some of the best brands like MR Kobe, Ram Charan, the likes of it. So tell us a bit more about other facets of coaching, coaching styles, and what can one kind of take away from uh, those different elements of coaching. Thank you so much, Srikant. So, so definitely a seven habits, I would say, is more like a base uh, that has helped me to learn a lot, lot more. But if you look at coaching, there are so many areas like coaching parents. So I coach children, I coach parents, there is sales coaching, there is execution, uh, there could be around trust. So every area can be addressed through coaching. The difference between training and coaching is you know, tra training is a module where you've got a specific set of frameworks, but coaching is boundaryless. That's what I would say. And uh, so people still always call me a seven habits coach. And uh, I love that a lot because I think uh, Stephen Covey has been one of my inspirations. But I found that it's also helped me to move much beyond that. It's been a fantastic base. And uh, Everywhere, like I said, whatever genres we use, some element of the seven habits may always be there in everything that we do. So we can never get away from it in every kind of coaching. But uh, again, it's, it's all a nomenclature. So great. So we got a little bit of what coaching is, who is it for, what are some of the things in your own uh, coaching journey, Krishnan. And like I introduced at the beginning, beginning of the year, everybody is in the process of setting goals, accomplishing their goals. Before I get into the question of goal setting, something I want to read out that I kind of captured from your own work, the quotations that you put across around goals. It goes like this. A tree not only grows upwards, it also grows sideways and spreads. Set goals that not only grow you upwards, but expand your life too. The second quotation, a game of cricket starts with a toss of a coin and luck plays a big role. But the loser of the toss can still win the game. How wonderful. So I think in this backdrop, if you can just talk a bit about goals, the importance of goal setting and how do you kind of approach to your coaches itself on the methods of setting goals and achieving them as well. Thank you, Srika. So for many years, I was encouraging people to set smart goals because that's what I had learned from my coach. And over the years, I learned that we should set smarter goals and not just go with smart goals, which is the old methodology. And in the smart goals, the ART stands for achievable, realistic, and time-bound. But in, in the smarter goals, a kind of device, the A stands for aspirational and not achievable. So S definitely stands for specific. Uh, even there, I found that 
people may not be very specific. So they would set goals like reduce attrition by X percent rather than uh, specifying which level of attrition, like a frontline attrition or a middle management attrition. Similarly, if they say, you know, increase revenue, they could be more specific which product or services or uh, maybe a geographical location they want to increase the revenue so that there's no ambiguity left. Measurable is pretty easy. Uh, it's all about a metric. And uh, many times when people have a metric, which is in a percentage, during the coaching, they are encouraged to set a metric which is more absolute because a percentage comes from an absolute. You can't, you can come at a percentage without an absolute number. So unless you have no control over the absolute, that's when you take a percentage. Otherwise, it's better to take an absolute number instead of a percentage. So what would it be as an example if you were to kind of uh, look at it from a metric standpoint? Okay. So let's say somebody says, uh, increase profits by 10%. Now 10% of what? So they should go to the sales team and say, what is your specific target? So if they say my specific target is to move from 2 million to 3 million for the organization, then if you say increase profit by 10%, then you can actually make out exactly what that 10% is all about. Got it. So reference point kind of a thing. Re- reference point. So wherever you can get the absolute, it's better to go for the absolute. So just think about it, Srikant. Uh, for the brain, would it be easier if I said reduce my weight from 80 to 76? Or would it be easier if I say reduce my weight by 5%? So the absolute makes it very easy for the brain. So that's one of the recommendations. Then coming to the A, whenever we say achievable, we tend to hold back because we want to succeed in a goal. So we tend to take a safe goal. But champions would always go for something which is aspirational. So let's say instead of setting a goal of increasing the revenue by 15% or 20%, let's say I want to increase by 50% and I fail at it and achieve only 30%, I've still moved ahead much, much more. And when I say aspirational, I would look at aspiration in many other ways in terms of how many people that as a coach I am impacting or my aspiration is not just about the, you know, let's say business targets as an executive coach, but also are we creating a better culture, whatever that aspiration is. Now, because your aspiration does not come simply from goal, but your aspiration is related to your mission, vision, values. So they are, instead of making it realistic, I would say make it relevant, which means it is relevant to your mission, relevant to your vision, relevant to your core values. R should stand for relevance. Similarly, when we look at T, which is time-bound, people always want to do things faster and faster. So they try to have shorter timelines. And sometimes we don't really need to do things very fast. It just has to be done in a timely manner. So I would say the T should stand more for timely, which are supported by principles. And one of the principles is the universe never makes performance improvement. Earth is moving at the same speed around the sun. It's never changed its speed. The heart rate is still, let's say, about 70, 72 beats a minute. And Alexander probably would have had the same heart rate. Childbirth is still nine months. Harvesting season are still the same. So the universe is sustaining it. It's not really speeding up, but we always want to speed up. So I would say set your goals in a timely manner that is supported by a principle and, and that's better. In the smarter goals, the E which I have added is for enabling. That means is your goal an enabler for other people? So when somebody made a smartphone, it enabled many other things like 
internet banking, online shopping, or it allowed you know us to use Google Maps, which further enabled uh, Uber guys to use it. So your goals could enable. So ask yourself by setting this goal, who am I enabling or what am I enabling? Now the last R stands for replicable. Are your goals so exciting and so aspirational that people want to replicate? So when Apple made a touch phone, everybody wanted to replicate it. When Amazon came, Flipkart replicated it, or Uber came, Ola replicated it. So make your goals so good that people want to copy it, they want to replicate it, and make it so easy it can be replicated because it's good for the larger society. So this is what I mean by smarter goals. Well, that's a very interesting dimension and perspective to the age-old smart goal to the smarter goal. So something for everybody to kind of chew up on. I think along the way, you made a good reference point, which is also something that you kind of keep talking about is the principles-based approach to lot of the stuff that we do. And that is the core of your coaching practice as well. So if you can talk about what is this principle-focused approach and why is it important? Okay. Thank you, Srikant, for asking that. When we say principles, a lot of people say this is my principle, whereas a principle is a natural law like gravity, which belongs to everyone. And a principle is nothing but a cause and effect. But there are methods which could vary. Like if you want to mix sugar in coffee, there are various methods of how you can mix the sugar. You can use a spoon or you could use a shaker. But the principle is simple. For the sugar to mix in coffee, the coffee and the sugar have to move together. That's the principle. Similarly, if you ask someone, if you are driving a car, what stops the car? They may end up saying it's the brakes, but actually it's the principle is friction. So many times I have found that people would confuse values with principles or methods with principle. So methods can vary. Values could shift, but the principles remain the same. Like somebody would say, honesty is always the best policy. And I tell them, may not always be because there's a principle behind everything. So Srikant, can you think of a situation where dishonesty could actually be better? Maybe in the case of life and death situation? Yeah. So let us say you have heard of about psychosomatic diseases and how important the psychological condition for a patient is to recover. So imagine somebody has a grave condition and the doctor knows that this person has, is very has a very negative mindset and if they come to know of the condition, they'll become more negative, which impacts the health. The doctor may actually end up saying that I saw your report and everything is fine. So from one perspective, the doctor is being dishonest, but it actually helps the patient grow, you know, improve the health. Or, or maybe let's say a leader who's watching one of his team members not functioning well and knows that this person needs some kind of a motivation, goes and pats the back and says, hey, you know what? Don't worry, you're doing well. Now, it may seem like a dishonest statement, but it actually helps the person move. So when I say principle-based approach, what I mean is a principle is a cause and effect. So I'm a diabetic. I ask people often, is sugar good or bad for me? And they will often say it's bad for you. And I tell them it's neither good nor bad. The principle of sugar, it is increases sugar. So when my sugar drops, sugar is actually a lifesaver. But if it's normal, then it can be harmful if I eat it. So what I mean by principle is whether it's a business principle, it's a life principle, there are principles all around us. And uh, if we take any decision based on principle, the results are pretty consistent. So how does one get a chance to look at principles or practice principles? You just observe it like a pilot flies a plane using aerodynamics principle. He can't say I fly the plane using my principles. 
it's, it's just about observation. Everywhere you look around yourself, there is invention happening. Like today, we are discussing using Wi-Fi. This principle always existed. Somebody had to observe it. The principles come from observation, but there are some parameters to understand if it's a principle. A principle is a natural law. It is universal. It is objective. It is timeless. That means it's always at work and it doesn't need any human validation to work in a specific way. It works irrespective of our knowledge or not. And it keeps working the same way. And that's how we... So since childhood, I've always been uh, very curious and uh, interested to understand principles. And at a personal level, I meditate. I'm also a healer. So there are a lot of things I do, which is more principle-based. So people are, you know, they find it easier to accept the power of a Wi-Fi than accept the power of, let's say, meditation or prayers, unless they see the results. So it's endless. I think that's a good perspective to have. And this particular section where we are talking about goal setting, smarter goals, principles. So if the folks who are listening to this conversation, if they were to kind of take away one or two practical tips for them to accomplish their goals for this year, what would that be? So so I'll I'll give a principle-based statement on goal achievement. People don't fail in achieving goals. People fail in taking actions. So I may set a goal to reduce my weight, but I may actually not be going for my morning walk or doing my exercises. So people actually don't fail in achieving goals. They fail in taking action. When you fail in taking actions, it leads to non-achievement of a goal. So it's not goal setting per se, but goal attainment is what the challenge is. Absolutely. So you know, in, in, in execution, you use a different term. You say, you know, you call it a lead measure. So if you focus on the lead measure, you achieve the goal. Or maybe in Bhagavad Gita, it says, you know, focus on your karma, do the action, the goal will be achieved. That's the secret sauce. If you have to achieve your goals, take action. Yes. So so you just have to tell, I, I, I never fail in <laughs> achieving my goals. I only fail in taking actions. Well, coach, I don't think any conversation with you is complete without talking about the seven habits of highly effective people and its framework. You're one of those um, few individuals who had the opportunity to work with the man himself, Dr. Stephen Covey. Tell us a bit about your association with Stephen Covey and a bit about the seven habits framework. Thank you. I mean, absolutely providence and uh, luck or call it whatever karma, which made me meet him. And when Franklin Covey was coming to India, they actually identified me as their IT vendor because I used to run my IT company. And uh, I was very fortunate that they asked me the question, what my passion was, what my hobby is all about. And they told them I really enjoy coaching and they decided to help me through my journey. And then in 2003, Dr. Stephen Covey came and it was because of my IT skill that actually I was traveling with him because he needed a lot of technology support, which I was giving. And I remember as he was going on the stage, I asked him, you know, if you could give me some tips. So he asked me a question. He asked me, why do you want to be a coach or a facilitator? So I said, actually, I want to be a motivational speaker like you. I want to motivate people. And as he went on the stage, he said, don't motivate people. And that's all. He didn't say anything else. He went on the stage. And I, I was wondering the whole day, why did he say that? And I waited till evening till he finished his set- a session and asked him, why did you say that don't motivate people? And he said, motivation is external. And when you stop motivating them, they get demotivated again. So I said, what should I do? He said, inspire them because inspiration is internal. Once people are inspired, they don't need motivation. 
So it was a journey where I thought first I should inspire myself and then can I inspire other people. And I found seven habits was something that inspired me because it's all based around principles. And that's where I dug deeper into the understanding of principles and how it works. And uh, these habits are like the seven notes, Srikant. So if you look at music, whatever genre you know you enjoy, the underlying notes probably are the same seven notes. You know, some people, musician may say, no, there are more than seven because they dig deeper into the seven and break it further. But the basic notes remain the same. So I found the seven habits are so well, let's say, structured. Dr. Kavi discovered that by using these seven habits, or uh, we could say the principles around the seven habits, you can encompass everything in your life. So if you learn this, it's almost like you learn everything, how to deal with people. So I had a very interesting uh, incident where I was coaching a leader. And after I coached him on the seven habits, I met him in his office the next day. And he had lots of books because he was a voracious reader. And he showed me a particular book and he said, have you read this book? My answer was no. He showed me a second book. Have you read this one? I said, no, I have not read this. He showed me a third book and my answer was again, no. And he said, you should read all this. And I told him that uh, Dr. Kavi told me that the principles remain the same. And I can almost assure you that the seven habits are so powerful. It covers all the principles. So you randomly choose any page in the three books that you're showing me, I can tell you exactly which principle from the seven habits it's talking about. So he took up that challenge and he randomly opened a page on book one and I showed him which principle it was. He opened the second book and then he opened the third book. All three times I could show him exactly which principle from the seven habits this book was talking about. So that is the power of the seven habits. That's pretty amazing to kind of uh, hear it about. I'm sure the seven habits has uh, tested that time. Maybe the principles is at work. It has kind of tested the time for these many decades. But in the current situation that we are in, in the current world stage that we are in, how relevant is the seven habits and what does one need to do to understand the framework and adapt it? Wonderful. So so if you look at it, the first habit is all about taking personal accountability. So let's say today's a COVID situation. Think about why it is still spreading. There are only three things we need to do. We need to keep a safe distance. We need to wear a mask. We need to sanitize. But are people taking personal accountability of keeping themselves safe and ensuring others are safe? If people could do that, that's more like applying habit number one. And sometimes things are not in our control. So the COVID has come. So the economy goes through a turmoil. So there are certain sections in habit one where it teaches you how to handle all these things. Habit two talks about building a vision. So question is, in the current scenario, what kind of a future vision are we having? Are we really taking care of it? Are we building a better world or are we creating a more stressful world? The third habit is all about, you know, managing your time because we always have 24 hours. And we will always have only 24 hours in a day. So how do, how do you achieve your mission within those same 24 hours? Then four is all about working, you know, thinking about a win for everyone. So something I, I strongly believe it's it's a collaborative world and not a competitive world because the whole world works in a very collaborative manner. Even our body, the organs are working in a very collaborative manner. The universe wants to collaborate with us. But instead of collaborating, we think it's a competitive world. That's called a scarcity mentality. And it teaches how we can think abundance for everyone. The fifth habit is all about understanding each other. And we all want to speak better. We want to be great orators. But 
we seldom want to understand other people well. So we have you know, very little skills around that. The fifth habit covers that. The sixth is one of my favorite habits. There's a saying by Dr. Stephen Covey. He says, when two agree, one is unnecessary. And what I learned was synergy comes from differences. So it is red and white that actually make a pink color. And it's hydrogen and oxygen that make water. But something I realized deeper on reflection is hydrogen and oxygen were gas. They, when they became water, they lost their original state. Similarly, when a red and white come together, when it becomes pink, the red and, red and white lose their original state. So synergy requires us to lose our original standpoint of view. But do we have the courage to do that, to let go? So all these things are, I would say, disciplines or habits that allow us to be very effective in all aspects of our life. And seventh is about sharpening the saw. That means are we practicing all these things and sharpening ourselves, body, mind, heart, and soul regularly? So if you really think deeply about it, it encompasses everything. It can be applied at any level, any situation, at a global level, at an organizational level, at a personal level, societal level. So that's how powerful it is. So it's a principles-based approach to changing life, changing uh, perspectives. And uh, I think what I like, basically liked in what you articulated was one, the element around collaboration and the other element about synergy. And uh, that is so very much needed in every walk of life, be it personal or be it uh, the professional life. Yeah. And in coaching, Srikant, what I have found is many times my, the, the, my coachee comes up with certain thoughts I could never have thought about. And it is the difference in the intelligence that really makes the conversation so great. And I want to pick on that particular piece, uh, Krishnan, which is, you did mention about coaches bring a lot of thoughts, right? And you have had the opportunity to kind of coach over 10,000 folks, either through your facilitative workshops or your own uh, coaching. Are there any key lessons, key takeaways that you, you have had that had a profound impact on you or your approach towards a lot of things? Yes, Srikant. Uh, one of the key things I realize is the brain is like a thumbprint. So two people cannot make the same thumbprint. And uh, because our DNA is so unique, so my retina scan will be different from yours. My face recognition you know, pattern will be different from yours. So your face can't open my phone. So if the brain is so unique and it's got a unique pattern like a thumbprint, so what was my key takeaway was that two brains do not have the ability to think exactly the same way just like i can't make your thumbprint and if that was true my biggest learning was i stopped getting frustrated to a large extent that people could not understand what i was saying because i would be frustrating them because maybe i'm not able to understand what they're saying because my brain has a very different pattern so instead of trying to convince each other we try to have a dialogue where through the differences we are able to help each each other think differently, but we may still not be on the same platform. So it's not about convincing. It's not about advising. It's all about find, helping people expand their own thought process and finding their own solutions and whatever works for them. Wonderful. So coach, we have been talking quite a lot on coaching, goal setting, the seven habits framework. We'll slip into a section, which is your favorite, I'm sure, which is called as a power of three round. Three coaching tips to all our listeners. Respect others. Listen more. Don't advise. 
Okay. Three people you want to be coached by. My son, my daughter, my wife. That was easy pickings. <laughs> <laughs> three favorite principles. Uh, that's tough, Srikant. <laughs> There's nothing called favorite principle because every principle has its cause and effect. It's very situational. So, won't be able to really answer that. Okay, I'll, can, I, can I share one? Sure. If we listen first and understand others, we enable their ability to understand us better. Okay. So focus on listening, active listening. Uh, so, so focus would be more like an action. But the principle is, if we listen to other people first and understand them, we enable their ability to understand us better. So that's a principle that works. The other principle, let me think about it because you asked me. I'm thinking through. Thank you for giving me time. The other principle I learned was that uh, the judge and the jury cannot be the same. And what I realized was that the judge cannot fight the case and the lawyer cannot make a judgment because when you fight a case, your judgment gets impaired. So I cannot defend my point of view and at the same time have the ability to judge somebody else. So that's the second another principle which I found extremely powerful and useful. Interesting. Three big goals you wish to accomplish in 2022? Increase my charity to 80% of my earning. Goal number one. Actually, it's so tough, Srikant, because I'm a guy who goes with the flow. I don't even set solid goals. I, I'm a guy who just goes with the flow. Okay. The coach who goes with the flow. Yeah. I think you did touch upon a very interesting element there, which is 80% of your earnings to charity. Yeah. Great, noble uh, gesture out there. I don't know if you're second guessing my question. So my next question was, three organizations in the social sector that you are inspired with. Akhand Jyoti is one organization I'm really inspired with because I have supported them. The other organization my wife used to work, it's called the Kuchpu Welfare Society. It's for... Uh, especially able people, that is the second one. Third, SOS Village. I, I went there long back and that was for uh, orphans. And so the way they were supporting those kids was, you know, really awesome. So these three are, are something that I connect with. Great. The last of the power of three round questions, three book recommendations. The seven habits, definitely one of them. I would say Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin. I'm I'm just going through that recently. I found it extremely powerful and uh, also a positive intelligence coach now. And the third book, I would say Speed of Trust by Mark Avi. Great. Thank you. That was the power of three round. So moving on to the next section. I think you have a very profound personal vision, coach which basically goes with to build a strong social foundation where the current generation creates a better and sustainable world for the future generation. Very noble thought, very noble uh, statement out there. And you did touch upon a couple of in, uh, NGOs that you, you are supporting. Hmm. Talk us a bit about Akhand Jyotri. What is it and what drives you to this particular NGO? Okay, so thank you. So this was actually, I was introduced to this NGO by somebody, you know, I briefly coached and who was in Singapore. So he took a sabbatical and he went to this particular place and he called me one day and said, they need coaching and uh, I couldn't think of anyone else. So can you come over? So this is in Bihar, in a place called Mastichai. 
when i went there i i found the culture so amazing so this was started by a person who wanted to change the social system in bihar and uh, akan jyoti is a eye hospital their vision is to eradicate blindness in bihar it's run by all women of course there are a few men there but primarily run by women who are victims of domestic violence and you know to bring about equality you know gender equality also so i would suggest you know people should just go to akan jyoti you know the website and watch there are some very powerful videos i was privileged to you know support them i used to go for four or five days a month i used to stay there with them support these girls very young girls and they are all amazing leaders and uh, it was my job to build a core group of 22 future leaders for them but because of covid i stopped going there i still connect with them and uh, given a choice if i could live lifelong in a place till my death i would choose probably the village where akanjyoti i hospital is that close to me wonderful thanks for sharing that we'll make sure that we leave the details of akanjyoti in the show notes coach and thank you hats off congratulations to everything that you are doing to spread positive vibes uh, to this uh, akanjyoti institution thank you sriga this podcast is all about creating ripples of inspiration and you have been talking to us the inspiration that you have had and I, I, i like the term that you used uh, to record what stephen covey said don't motivate inspire yeah so i'm happy that we we chose inspire someone today and moti- not motivate somebody today wonderful yeah i mean i i just realized what a what a wonderful uh, connect so if you were to give our listeners the inspire someone today message what would coach krishnan's inspire someone today message be when i ask everyone do they believe every individual is unique they always say yes but they never go through the pain of discovering what their uniqueness is all about they always want aspire to be like someone who they idolize like i i want to be like swami vivekananda but then you realize that no two individuals are the same so my suggestion i don't know or recommendation would be discover your true self discover your true self signing off on that note from coach krishnan and shrikanth for this first episode of 2022 discover your true self from the seven habits coach coach thank you so much for joining and giving your nuggets of wisdom to me and to my listeners thank you shrikanth thank you for listening into today's edition of inspire someone today It's been a privilege to bring in these conversations. If you like this episode and have any feedback or comments, do mail me at inspiresomewhonetodaypodcast@gmail.com. Inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us. If you like what you listen, feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration. Do not forget to follow me on my Instagram handle @inspiresomewhonetodaypodcast for all the latest updates. This is Srikanth your host signing off and until next time keep inspiring